your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Welcome back to Special Presentation with Mike and Ethan, or... Elf will not be seen tonight. We are looking at part two of Garfield's Pet Force. We, uh, yes. Um, so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, um, this will make even less sense than if you haven't watched Garfield Gets Real. So uh, definitely do that, because things are going to get weird. And if you have listened to last week's episode, it still won't make much sense because man, this movie. Yeah, this, in fact, we even realized, uh, when we were off air, we, we mentioned another weird wrinkle in this, uh, which is that Garfield in the cartoon world, um, he knows that he is an actor who appears who in a comic strip in our world. So he's performing for our benefit. Um, even though Garzuka appears in a comic book in the cartoon world, he does not seem to realize that he, in fact, he's, he's being seen. Uh, it's not because in the cartoon world, there's like a machine they use to film themselves that beams to our world. There doesn't seem to be anything that's taking things from the superhero universe and putting it in the comic book in the cartoon universe. It just happens of its own accord. Um, so uh, yeah. So maybe that's why we don't see the superhero versions of Betty and Eli because they're they're the ones who are observing all this to uh, transcribe onto the comic st- comic book pages. They're like Uatu the Watcher or something. Oh my God! Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, there's so much going on in this. This is this is a lot. <laughs> we we are. As always, just blown away by how much weird shit is bubbling away under Jim Davis's uh, skull that he only once every decade or so really allows to escape and run wild. Sometimes with things like Garfield has nine lives, sometimes with Garfield A to Z Zoo, and sometimes with these. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I, I feel like Jim Davis is too powerful. If he released his his full power more than once like a decade it, we would we would just be turned to dust because <laughs> it, it's it's just uh it's too much <laughs> orange dust just just like cheeto dust in the wind uh, <laughs> yeah just like the cheeto dust that's always on wally's face did you notice that oh i did not um what's up with that he just has a permanent orange stain on his cheeks, or at least Professor Wally does. I don't know about the normal Wally. Oh, huh. I I did not notice that. Um, oh yeah, normal Wally has it too. What a weird touch. <laughs> huh. Well, I guess. Um, I I don't know. I like I I missed a lot of details in this film. Um, <laughs> but I I I guess maybe they wanted him to look cute. Uh, I I guess. 
And Look, also in the same shot where I'm seeing it, I'm also noticing that Benita actually has transparent eyeballs. You can what? see her nose through her eyes. Oh, okay. That's that's kind of okay. Why not? Um, that's a really weird touch. Are I guess it's true though. Eyeballs are kind of transparent, aren't they? Well, I guess, I guess if they were opaque, we wouldn't be able to see through them. Yeah. I mean, if you look at someone from the side, you can kind of see, you know, you know, kind of see through the lens, you know? A, li- a little bit. Yeah. I don't often get to look at somebody that closely, but I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also like I, I feel, well, uh, yeah. Also, these are cartoon characters. They're not really known for their eyeballs being transparent. That's, that's an odd <laughs> nod to realism. To, uh, and I kind of, sus- <laughs> I kind of suspect it's, not intentional, but, um, yes. Yeah. yeah. They're not going for truth in television as they say on, uh, TV tropes. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so they, they, they arrive at the comic studio. Uh, uh, Garzuka is at the comic studio and, um, oh, and I guess, uh, isn't this where Betty realizes that she, she's totally hot for Garzuka. Oh boy. She is, uh, she will not leave him alone. And what's weird is that she asks him, are you seeing anyone? And Garzuka, not taking the hint, says, uh, no. <laughs> so does that mean that he was, you know, saying that they might have a chance together? Or actually, it's kind of weird that Garzuka and Starlene aren't dating. Yeah. I, are, yeah, I guess Garfield and Arlene are dating in the comic world, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they in the in the strip and in the comic world, though you know all through these three movies we haven't seen a comic strip with Arlene. Yeah, she keeps they keep driving her to the studio, and they, she's never actually in the strip. Same with Normal, though. Yeah. Okay, so, so eventually they're going to come up, but I mean, you would think that they would you know show up on days that they were scheduled to be there, as opposed to just you know sort of hanging out there like. You know, like they're waiting f- outside of uh, Home Depot for someone to offer them a job. Yeah, for real. I feel like um, maybe they just got really a really good union, you know? <laughs> but why would you have to unionize in the comic strip world? Is it? <laughs> well, you know, because, uh, oh, you know how those studios are. I guess they're just the same mm. in comic world as they are in, in the real world. Ugh. But um, yeah, anyway. So, um, so, oh, so, okay. I, I, I totally am not. What, what happens in this movie then? Does Vetvix show up? Oh, the next thing. At, yeah. After this, you know, before that we saw Vetvix come out of the comic comic book that was still on the newsstand and freak the newsboy out yet again. And she captures Garfield, uh, thinking, thinking that he is in fact, uh, Garzuka having, uh, transformed himself into a squat dumpy shape to fool her. So she's the first person to acknowledge that they look similar. Oh, that's right. Um, and doesn't, and she tries to torture Garfield, but because he's a cartoon character, it doesn't work. Cause yeah, he, which is kind of weird because I mean, you would think that, uh, you know, all of the times that he gets, that he gets bodily threatened in the rest of this movie, this would come up again, but you know. No. Also it's weird. Cause I'm like, so does that mean in the superhero universe, people would be t- torture would work because people are not cartoony over there? Is, is I, I, I guess, guess they're not this cartoony. I guess not. It's 
Yeah, there's there's a okay, there's a there's a lot that's kind of confusing. Um, but what what I do remember is that Garfield has the Klopek diamond in his lemonade. And uh, yeah, he hides it in the lemonade so it'll look like ice. And then he has to, uh, before she drinks it, he has to say, uh, "Well, no, wait, I'll no, I want, I just, I'll give you the secret if you'll just give me a, a swig of that lemonade." So he gets the diamond in his mouth, and then she notices it and is like, uh, "What's that in your mouth?" And he's like, "Well, well, I just like sucking on ice cubes." So yeah, and then she just gets the diamond. So I guess this whole thing was kind yeah. of pointless. Yes. You know, once again, there are a lot of plot points that go nowhere in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I guess now she's got the, she can start using the most scram gun, right? I think that's what she does now. Yeah. And the first thing she does is, uh, try it out on who does she try it out on? Um, doesn't she, does oh, yeah. she, oh yeah. She uses it on an old man who is bicycling and combines him with his bicycle. Yeah, because like in this, like you don't have to combine two lit- uh, animate objects. It literally be anything. So now there's an old man with a bicycle for a head and a bicycle with an old man's head on its handlebars, and both of them are slaves to Vetvix. Yeah. Now I've mentioned this. Uh, no, probably not here, but there is in fact a book by L. Frank Baum called Sky Island, which is about uh, this happening, about this kingdom where when two when they have two criminals, they punish them by cutting them in half and attaching the halves to the wrong person. That sounds extremely uh, L. Frank Baum. It's very, it is the bombiest bomb that ever, ever dropped. But, do you, do you feel yeah, like L. Frank Baum might've been like the Jim Henson of his day? The Jim Davis. Oh my God. It's like a disease. <laughs> we can't stop doing that. I, I mean, I think he was one or the other by turns, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I just, uh, I mean, I mean, just to the sense that like, he's like anything, he, he just thinks of these in completely insane things. Like, yeah, yeah. Put that down. That's good. Um, and apparently a lot of the later Oz books uh, used reader suggestions. So in some ways he was the Piers Anthony of his day. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I didn't realize that. Were, there, were the suggestions any good? Uh, well, I mean, he, doesn't, he didn't actually say which ones were reader suggestions and which weren't. Oh, so, so he didn't have that section at the end where he's like, special thanks to so-and-so for the uh, uh, infantry joke. <laughs> yep. Nope, none of that. He just... He just, uh, but also he was known to, uh, show ideas to, uh, kids and ask them, is this Aussie enough? So really, oh, okay. so I think he was, there was an interesting, uh, you know, merge there of using, using fan created material and making sure that his material satisfied the fans before he put it in. That is interesting. Um, well, you know, like we said earlier, uh, a lot of this Garfield special feels like something that was like written by kids. You know, just the whole, just like the the most scram gun, where it's like, okay, you can mix two things together. Oh, but also it makes you into a a, a zombie slave. You know, it's like just these completely random things shoved together, and it's like, yeah, I feel like this is what kids would invent. So I almost wonder. It seems yeah. like Jim Davis may have been like, hey, kids, what do you what do you think of this? Do, do you want do you want Itchy and Scratchy to have uh, relatable adventures or crazy wild adventures <laughs> with robots? Um, <laughs> And you want That's to win exactly prizes by is. watching. This is... 
This is this is a you know real you know a down to earth uh, relatable show which is off the wall and swarming with magic robots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's all things to all people. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I just feel like there is on in some way uh, a similar sensibility between Jim Davis and L. L. Frank Baum, just in that they they seem to be willing to and and, and, and I don't know like. Uh, they, they they seem to be willing to be like okay some of the ideas in your first draft sometimes they're their best go with that you know uh, and sometimes it works <laughs> out that way it's just good but um, uh, I shouldn't I shouldn't like I, I sound like I'm be I'm kind of slagging on them but I mean I mean that the, there's a well, you're, I, you're not wrong uh, he wrote one draft of the Wizard of Oz oh really well that's the thing is I feel yeah, like they're... there's a certain stream of consciousness uh that would have been lost if they refined it too much and um yeah i I feel like we're getting a lot of that in this special like you like you would probably get an oz book that had one draft (laughs) so you know while the yeah all this is happening and this is when uh yeah, Vetvix crashes into the studio and starts blasting the uh, Moscram gun at uh, various uh, people in the people in the studio. Some of them get away. Eli gets away. Uh, Garzuka and his friends and John all get away. But uh, the state, but a stagehand gets mixed with the director, and uh, somebody else gets combined with a studio light. Yeah, some of these people are characters that we've seen and Garfield gets real, but they're not really very they aren't very important in this one, so they're just kind of you know, they're just kind of people. But um I think what ends up happening is eventually doesn't doesn't the, the serum start working on Arlene and Odie at some point? Yeah, eventually. And, okay. Yeah, and uh oh S yeah. Oh, uh, Buddy Bear and Randy Rabbit get combined, and uh, right. Okay. Yes. Um, so they Garfield get com- himself gets thrown out the garbage chute because they don't need him anymore. Yes. Um, okay. So I think like uh, so. So a bunch of okay. So Garfield doesn't Garfield like and John are are now together. I think. Yeah, Garfield gets reunited with John. He falls right into them and is caught by that frog trash can. Oh, that's right. The frog trash can from Garfield's Funfair. Yeah, we've, we've, seen, we've seen it before. And uh, and now it becomes a major player because John gets combined with it. So now you have a trash can topped with John's head. Yes. And John has, um, you know, John is now Pepe the Frog, it looks like, pretty yeah. much. Um and uh and then but garfield gets away garfield does not get combined um he i think like the i think uh, the superhero group they escape underneath like a sign like garfield they yeah. have a billboard they get bits of yeah there's a billboard that says bite me okay yes it was supposed to say bite down on mermaid brand tuna or something like that and they broke off the first half so it became bite me oh but huh. actually the only the only joke in this that shows any familiarity with superhero culture is when Nermal has gained his superpowers and costume. This this causes this causes you to gain the costume too. That's you know, let's not think too hard about that, but uh Nermal is like, uh, why do I have to call myself abnormal like the other one? Can I use another name? 
Can I? I should have a name that relates to my super speed. Can I call myself the Flash? No, that one's taken. Uh, the Kid Flash. That's also taken. How about the Wizard? Believe it or not, that is taken. <laughs> I mean, that's actually kind of a, that's that's actually pretty funny. Yeah, I was like, you know, they knew one thing about superheroes and included it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's um, yeah. There's there's um. Uh, so then I think doesn't Garfield like he joins up with like no like he's with Eli right yeah he uh, hides in the uh, in the abandoned studio with Eli he's helping Eli to uh, dig through the rubble from the uh, ship that crashed into it only to and he discovers that Betty is still okay and so are the Stedmans right so and they all join forces. Else? Um, it's Betty, yeah, Eli, Stegman's. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, and they're going to join. So yeah, they're going to be, they're going to join forces and be like a kind of the, uh, they're going to, they're going to be their own superhero team. And this, this is a thing which is kind of, I feel like, again, it should have been a bigger theme throughout this, this film, uh, because Garfield is kind of like, He's, he's kind of succumbing to doomerism because he's like, there's too many zombies. What can we do? And Eli's like, you gotta like, you gotta fight Garfield. You can't just give up, you know? And, um, I kind of felt like this should have been like, you know, it was established early on with Garfield being kind of jealous of Garzuka, you know, like with his, oh, I bet he couldn't beat me in a hot dog eating contest that like, it probably should have been this thing with like Garfield being like, feeling inadequate because he's not super compared to Garzuka. And, uh, but now finding that like, even though he's not super, he can draw on, you know, his own inner strength to like save the day or something like that, you know, and it all, and you're, you know, even a normal person could be a superhero, you know, like that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. I, I see what you, I see what you mean. And it feels like, you know, that's, they kind of, they touch a little bit on that, but mostly it's just about, you know, not being so lazy. Mostly it's yeah. about how you can't let life pass you by. You got to go for the gusto, man. You know, you got to ask out every girl on the block or, you know, some crap like that. <laughs> I mean, uh, it is, I, I guess it's like, um, I mean, I guess that's more in keeping with the Garfield character because he is very lazy, but, um, you know, it's also funny because like we're Garfield, don't be so lazy. It's like, okay, I learned not to be lazy. I'll forget this lesson as soon yeah. as the next Garfield media begins. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that that is kind of the that kind of the issue with Garfield is that learning a lesson is just not part of his character. <laughs> so yeah, the thing what you were saying that that makes a lot more sense to have him actually feel threatened by Garzuka, especially since you know Garzuka is exactly what you know exactly what he always wanted to be, and or. Or exactly what he can't be, you know, you know, tall and strong and uh, and active, and but but the, but there are things that he could do that Garzuka can't. Question is, does he do anything in this movie that Garzuka wouldn't have been able to do? Not really. Like if he had at the end saved the day with his hot dog eating skills, it at least would have kind <laughs> of come full circle to that thing that he mentioned earlier about you know yep. Garzuka not being another, able to eat hot dogs. Another plot. Another plot point that goes nowhere. Yeah. So um, instead what they do, because they, they join forces and they call themselves the crazy crew. Yeah. I think. Um, and I, yeah, I like Wally's suggestion better though. We're about to die gang. 
Yeah, yeah. It was funny because like because um, Gar- Garfield is like, uh, like no, Eli is like, we need to do this, and Garfield is like, okay, let's do it. Then suddenly everyone is like, no, this is a bad idea. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> Um, but I guess, okay. Now I'm looking at, now I'm looking at the big group shot of everyone in town getting combined and turning into zombies and okay. So let's see, we've got, uh, okay. Here's a guy with a toilet for a head. Here's a, a woman whose head and torso have been replaced with a fire hydrant, meaning that I guess the rest of her is probably just, you know, she's just a ha- hopping head and torso somewhere. Oh my God. Uh, here's somebody. Yeah, here's somebody with a lamp for a head. Here's somebody with a lollipop for a head. Here's a big jumping basketball hoop. Jeez. Here's a stack of three books. Um, (laughs) And they're not even stacked on top of each other. They're just wide open and flapping as they walk together. but, But books are just a thing. Yeah, books are just... They combined three books, so the three books became a zombie. I mean, is that... That's how it works. Well, you know what? One thing about this movie that I appreciate is that it's about zombies, but they don't do the thriller dance at any point. <laughs> that uh, that would have been pretty funny, though. <laughs> it's nice to see, you know, for once that that's not the first thing people think when they see zombies. Oh, oh, here's a good monster. Uh, you briefly see a roll of toilet paper oozing along like a snake. Oh, uh, again, though, toilet paper is just a normal thing. Here's a here's a guy who's been I guess he was asleep and he's been merged with his own bed. <laughs> so now oh. the bed is walking along on its lower legs and he, while he, you know, hangs from the co- covers waving his arms like the like a zombie. <laughs> okay, that's that's kind of amusing. They were, um, they you know, whoever was in charge of the CGI models, they gave them some pretty good free reign here. I appreciate that. All right, yeah, yeah. I mean, so this is pretty fun. Um but uh yeah. So how do the, now I believe they the crazy crew ends up saying well first of all the the superheroes can't keep them at, at bay because they get tired so yeah uh, so Garfield do, do do they basically have a big uh, uh, they they come and they that Garfield and Wally show up right with a big poster of Vetmix yeah. and. So what? So what's happening here is that uh, Garzuka has determined that they need to get something to literally harpoon Vetvix's ship, which is okay. Why not? He decides that they need to get this antenna that is at the top of this tower that looks like it's doing the the white power OK sign, and uh, so so the zombies chase them to the top of the tower, and uh, yeah. Garfield and Wally show up hiding, pretend to be zombies so they can get to the front. And then they hold up a big poster of uh, Vetvix and says, and they're like, I am your leader, Vetvix. And the zombie's like, uh, really? Okay. Yeah. And then they, <laughs> and to- they say, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, they, uh, they say, I command you to get Garzuka. And behind the, behind the poster, they're changing clothes and then they reveal Garfield sitting atop Wally's head in a very ill-fitting superhero costume. And he goes, I am Garzuka. Come and get me. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. they've put the real Garzuka and friends under a blanket so the zombies don't see them. So yeah. it's, it's actually a kind of a clever plan. 
It is. Um, it, yeah, they're kind of wearing one of those looks like one of those inflatable Tyrannosaurus costumes that um, are so <laughs> yeah. popular right now. It's it's kind of a clever plan, though. It is also funny that it's like, oh, if if you could command the uh, zombies to do anything because they thought you were vet fix, you might you could have just said like, just walk that way till you fall into a pit. You didn't have to do this additional dressing up as Garzuka bit, but it's visually interesting. So you know, yes. So I'm okay with that. And yes, that was the plan, which which was to. Uh, lure all the zombies away while dressed as Garzuka and uh, get them to fall into the orchestra pit at the, uh, at the stage. Right. And it seems to work, but they do have to kick some of the zombies back down before closing it over them. Yeah. Like the one that's a mouse with a wedge of cheese for a head. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, some of these, some of these are very mother three style chimeras. Yeah. I especially like the cat that got merged with a ladder. <laughs> yeah there's there's a there's a lot um now uh okay um my memory is hazy from this point on um i i remember at this i remember that like uh the superheroes get all merged into like a brundlefly uh uh octagon of like legs and arms and that um i think there's like some sort of like garbage kaiju involved okay so far you have not uh, hallucinated any of this movie yes both of those things happen okay <laughs> Do they happen at this point or is there more that's going on pretty first? We are pretty close. Yeah. So now we have the Garzuka and his substitute heroes uh, having a uh, five on one battle with uh, Vetvix and uh, they knock the they knock the gun out of her hand, but act, but activate a function she didn't know it had that says super scramble. And she uh, blasts them with it, and yes, they turn into a giant tangled-up ball of arms and legs under her command. And I was just like, I can't believe they did this in a kids' show. Yeah, it's 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 very it's kind and of that, disturbing. I know that's that's a really that's like a a huge cliche to be like, yeah, that happened. But I was like, I'm like, did that really happen? <laughs> but here I'm I'm watching it right now. It's like. Why did you do this? It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, oh, yeah. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, I bet some fetishes were created that day in 2008. <laughs> also, finally, at long last, uh, King Emperor John and Professor Wally escape their bonds and, uh, get out of the ship in order to, uh, meet up with the, uh, real, with the, with the, uh, the crazy crew and, we get the only example of, besides Garzuka, of a uh, of the superhero universe person meeting the cartoon universe person when Wally and Professor Wally meet. Oh yeah, and I guess John and, and Emperor John too. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, later on, later on. So yeah, now that she's gotten gotten rid of the superheroes, uh, Vetvix uh, turns her super scramble ray on basically a couple of city blocks and she ends up making a giant architecture monster whose uh, eyes are a couple of clock towers. 
It's pretty awesome, actually. I was not expecting something this cool. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting because it shows that even if you uh, mix up a bunch of completely inanimate things, they become alive and you're slave when that happens. Uh, but also, yeah, something that explains the toilet paper and stuff. Oh, yeah. actually, you're right. Um, yeah, this thing was kind of confused. But this was a little weird because, uh, again, I, I I wasn't sure if like this is just you know me when i was watching it but something about that that um architecture monster it looked the the way it was animated i was just like why does it look so stop motion it doesn't look like it's it it looks like it's from a different movie or something and um well i'm i'm pretty sure that was intentional because the first thing it does is climb the tower like king kong oh okay that makes because the thing is i was looking at it and i was like i thought i was having like you know something weird with my vision uh, you know because of you know but um then i thought like but then my wife was like no it looks normal and i thought oh maybe it's just because everything else in this movie is very like primary colors and this thing is all like grays and browns because it's like you know uh girders and like boards and stuff like that but it really felt like it was for your something for those realification fans out there. oh yeah (laughs) boy they really made out in this movie um (laughs) but uh but it did seem to move just in a very odd way compared to the rest of the cg stuff so if if, i think you might be right it was an intentional maybe it was an intentional king kong uh shout out which is Kind of cool as well. I, I, I have to say that's kind of neat. Uh, it's the animation is, I mean, it's serviceable. It's rarely do we have any funny animation. What I want to know is, do you think that this is, uh, if this is motion capture? Mm, I don't think it is. Um, you don't think so? You think it was hand animated? I I feel like it probably was like, it doesn't feel like it's, um, well, I don't know if I'd be able to tell honestly, because whenever I think of motion capture, I'm just thinking of like, you know, the hobbits tromping around in Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. And I feel like motion capture probably wouldn't look like that. Um, but, um, well, let's see a couple, a decade earlier, motion capture was, uh, personified in the Donkey Kong country cartoon. Oh, wow. Hmm. Um, maybe it was, no, that show was all motion capture. Wow. Um, I feel like just because, I mean, I guess it could have been, but like, I feel like the, the, they do have a lot of cartoony movement in it that would make me think it was hand animated. But, um, you know, I would, I, I also know absolutely nothing about animation, so I don't know why I'm trying to guess. (laughs) I mean, I, I would, we we do a podcast about animation and (laughs) Well, technically, we're podcasts about comic strips. So it's okay if we don't know about animation. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, That's we just true. Have, although we don't really know that much about comic strips either. <laughs> it's a good thing we have such great personalities so that people will ignore our complete ignorance of our stated topics. Well, I mean, that, that gives us an excuse to uh, get go off topic because, you know, it's not like we know anything anymore about the things that we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah, exactly. But people just tune in because they want to feel like they have friends. Hey, you do have friends. We love you guys. That's right. We love all 50, all 40 at the beginning of the week and 50 at the end of the week of you. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, this is like uh, that's right. This is you should continue listening. This is the only podcast where uh, where they won't they won't just be mean to you. I mean, the other that's what all yeah, the other I, podcasts are doing. They do. Oh, oh yeah, they're very mean. Should I take our word should, for it? Should we do that? Um, hey, listener, you're fat. <laughs> yeah, but now we're gonna just start negging the listeners. <laughs> Yeah, listen to us, and maybe you won't be so fat, fatty. <laughs> um, I, I apologize if that if, I, if that was a trigger for anyone. I, I, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're, if they're if they're triggered, that means they'll have to listen to us even more. Because oh, that's yeah, how, so they that's can how, uh, warn everyone else about the about their triggers. That's right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Hey, take a bullet for your friends and listen to us. Next, listen to us and warn everyone, fatty. <laughs> been too much fat in your ears to listen to us. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean today. <laughs> yeah, geez, Ethan, being very. I'm gonna be like, no, no, that Ethan's very toxic. Oh, <laughs> I like that for once. Like, I like how for once I'm the good cop. <laughs> Don't listen to that bully, no, Ethan. Just, you're you're a good listener. Yeah. Everything about you is good. Yeah, we're, what we're doing is good cop, fat shaming cop. <laughs> yeah, the sexiest kind of cop. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, so the, there's a big architecture monster, and um, it's yeah. it's ba- breaking things. I think it tries to eat Garfield, or what? What does that happen? Yeah, he's. He's racing around. Garfield is being more active than ever before, actually, you know, behaving like a cat as he scrambles around. And so then he ends up getting walled between the architecture monster and the superhero monster. And he basically baits Odie and Garfield and Arlene into attacking him and missing and hitting the architecture monster multiple times. And that enables him to finally do the whole tie your shoes together thing with the monster and Odie's tongue. I mean, that's it's kind of it's kind of clever, I guess. The the you know we're seeing Garfield save the day without powers and everything, but yeah, it's um, I mean it's not it would be it would have been cool to see Garfield actually gain uh, Gar Garzuka's powers. I almost called him Garfinkel. <laughs> 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 I love his uh, his collaborations with Simon. <laughs> Cy John. <laughs> but yeah, the so once he once he trips up the monster, he's able to grab the gun and not only separate his friends, but separate the monster as well. And it turns into this giant stack of houses. So interesting that even though it was uh, combined, it's still all basically in one piece afterward. Hmm. Yeah, although not in the right place. So, oh, okay, I see what happened. Oh, okay. Watching it again, watching, I realize what actually happened at the end. They managed to lure uh, Vetvix into the studio and they trick her into standing in the smile station. Yes. And they, they combine her with the smile station and effectively bimbofy her. Yeah. They, they, they turn her into a nice version of vet Vix. So if she ever gets hit by that thing again, Oh wait. And since they combined her, 
since Garfield was holding the gun, that means she's Garfield's slave. Yep. Um, I guess Garfield's benevolent master because he doesn't really command her to do anything. Um, no. She, she's she got like, instead of the paw prints on her outfit now, she's got smiley faces. And uh, she's very horny for Emperor John. So um, I guess they are married, actually, at this point, aren't they? So Yeah, uh, they already got married. So yeah, Emperor John has been tied up in her ship the whole time. And real John gets to meet him and they're, you know, pretty much identical, but you know, what was, and there was, do you feel like a, a lesson was learned here? <laughs> um, I do you, don't, do you feel like the world has changed for the better by this event? I, I don't feel like anything was, um, I, I feel like it's very problematic that they seem to have, uh, turn Vetvix into Emperor John's sex slave. Uh, seems kind of, I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, like I, like we said, it was the only possible application for this, which is to make you make the perfect wife for yourself who will never wait, wait, wait. That's not how the, how the gun works. The gun is supposed to switch the parts of two things, not combine them into one. You're right. So, so it should make a good vet fix, but also an evil vet, an evil smile zone. Yeah. So, so there's like a, a a spot that turns you into a supervillain that they can never use. Damn. Okay. Um, well, that well, would be a, good. That's a sequel hook right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would I would definitely like to see the one where I don't know um, one of these. Uh, or, or multiple of the normal Garfield people step into the uh, super villain zone, and you know we're gonna get I don't know uh, evil Eli. Evil twins are always a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, I don't know what the other characters are. Um, uh, Wicked Wally and um, <laughs> Bad Bonita. Yeah. Oh wow! Wow, you're good at this. And uh, <laughs> nasty normal. Yeah. And avaricious Arlene. <laughs> Man, we should. They, and jerk Jim, John. Jim Davis, you should. Uh, yeah, Jim Dur- jerk John to uh, fight against Dork John. So Jim Davis, yeah. uh, you know, uh, call us up. We've got some. We got some ideas for you. <laughs> um, now I think then it it. Uh, I think then we get to see, doesn't it end with um, the comic, the cartoon world people sitting in their studio watching on their screen uh, the like wedding of Emperor John and Vetfix or something, even though I think they're already married. Oh, yeah. Arlene says they're renewing their vows. Oh, okay. So, um, so I don't know how they're watching this because it's been established Oh, wait. So the machine uh, beams comics into the newspapers in the real world and also allows them to see through any comic in any newspaper in the real world, different scenes in the real world. Um, So if John and Vetvix brought a newspaper with them, they'd be able to see it. Right. So does this mean, uh, I wonder then, does that mean that they, they did that or... In the superhero universe, it's the same thing. And all comics in that universe come from the cartoon world. So, so if you're reading a comic in superhero universe, you're 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 also getting it. You know, like a uh, Garfield strips there as well. Except that superhero yeah, but people in are both. 
That's in right. both examples, we saw that the soup, the events are happening as you read them. So, <sighs> well, I mean, this, this is so this is so confusing. Oh man, it makes you think, man. It just makes you think. Not you know, really. About when I was. <laughs> when I was like 12 or so, I realized that humans can move in three dimensions fr freely, and then we can move in any direction. Then we can move in only one direction in the fourth, but we can't move at all in the fifth dimension, but we can look in any direction in, because we have the mind's eye, the imagination that shows us what's happening in any possible universe at, at this time. If you think about George Washington, you're thinking about a George Washington who's happening right now. Oh, wait, I have a question though. What, what's mm -hmm. the fifth, what's the fifth dimension? Uh, the fifth dimension is generally considered to be alternate realities. Oh, wow. Um, crazy wait so um but yeah but we can see, you're right we can see in any dimension with the power of the imagination yep man um Where, of course you of course since you can see in any di any direction in any dimension it makes it very hard to uh actually see what literally happened yesterday or whatever in your own dimension because yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of noise to to the signal yeah well, you know, the imagination is the most powerful tool of all. And some people have, you know, I mean, have more powerful than others because they exercise it more. People like Jim Davis. <laughs> people like Jim Davis, who's, I mean, he's, I don't know. You know, I get so tired of people saying, wow, how'd you think of that? You must have been on drugs. Do you think Jim Davis does drugs? This doesn't seem like the product of a drug-addled mind to me. Well, as someone who has done drugs, um, I would say, no, this is 100% not a drug trip movie. Um, I have been, I have to say, generally pretty disappointed with uh, the the sort of um, imagination that you get with, uh, with drug trips, you know? Because it's like, it's mostly like... You did have the... You Oh, sorry? You had the dream about the beehive bodies. I mean, that was cool. I mean, that's the thing is like, I mean, yeah, like I, I will say this. I have, I've had some cool images and ideas when, when I've been tripping, but when I've, when I've sewered up, I'm like, well, that was cool. But like, it's not really something that would, you know, really translate into anything, you know, other than possibly a visionary painting. But like, it's not like you can make a narrative out of it, you know, um, without a lot of, heavy lifting uh while sober-minded so it's like you know it's yeah. not like that's the thing is like you kind of hope that like oh the idea will spring forth ready-made like like zeus out of the for no not zeus the the out of the guy out of the forehead oh. you know greek athena yeah athena thank you um but no it's like it's it, uh, you know you can get inspiration um but it really it requires a lot of you know, um, just normal work, uh, with, of the creative mind. And, um, mm -hmm. I don't feel like this is I'm watching this. Like it is bizarre, but it feels much more like a, I, I think it's the sort of, it's the sort of bizarre that an incredibly normal person would come up, come up with, you know, where, yeah, it's so strange. Like it's so strange, but they don't even realize that it's weird. You know, because um, 
I feel like Jim Davis would be like writing this and he's got kind of like a, like I said, it's kind of like a child's mind thing where he's like, oh yeah, most like a gun that scrambles things up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And it should also make you like into a slave of the person. Yeah. Okay. Why not? You know, and he's not even thinking about how odd it is to combine those two features into one gun for no reason, you know? Um, so I just feel like, yeah, this is like, it's, it's such an incredible normal mind that it just wraps around back into just in- insanity. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, know if that makes any sense. Have you ever prompted somebody to come up with a weird idea? You know, it's impossible to do just off the cuff because yeah. nobody realizes how weird their normal ideas are because we're used to them. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I feel like, I feel like the weirdest ideas are the ones that like, um, you know, I, I mean, this is going to sound very elitist, um, but there, there's, you know, like, um, I think like, like, you know, there are people who are, who are artistic or creative, you know, their, their minds work in a certain way where they can kind of come up with ideas for things, uh, you know, creative things or, you know, stories or, or comics or pictures or art or whatever. Um, and there are people who, who don't think that way. You know, they just, that doesn't interest them. And, um, th- th- and you th- know, that's okay. In the th- same way that some people, you know, some people, their whole lives, uh, are, you know, around sports, either oh, yeah, playing yeah. them or just observing them. I mean, and you know what, there's room, f- you know, I would never be a sports fan, but there's room for sports fans. There's room for creatives and for, you know, athletes athletics and for you know statisticians oh yeah it's all you know you know the there is you know there is a broad spectrum to human minds and just because your mind is more about retaining the information than you know putting something new in the world your your mind is still valid you oh yeah yeah. we still need what output you do choose to share with us oh yeah absolutely like you know like a a math person like their mind works completely different from the mind. I can't wrap my head around that sort of thing at all. You know, um, I can't think that way, but you know, but, but there is a difference between there are people who don't think artistically. And when you task them to like come up with a story or not, you know, they'll sometimes will come up with something so normal that it's bizarre and they don't even realize it. And that's kind of what I feel like this Garfield film is. Like, I feel like yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, I feel like Jim Davis is like, this is a normal story that I'm telling. And it's like, it's not, it's really not. <laughs> uh, there's, I mean, there, uh, I, I would agree that this feels like, you know, it, every element is of it is a normal thing, but it stacks up together to become something, you know, completely out of the ordinary. It's sort of, now, this is this is what I call the the Mike Tyson's punch out effect. You know this game? I've heard of it. Hello? Hear me? Oh yes, sorry. Hello. Uh, yeah. No, I, I've. Am I still there? Uh, I've got. I got you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I've heard of the game, but I've never played it. Okay, well, the deal with Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is you're fighting a bunch of boxers who all come from different countries, and every one of them is just, like, the most 
hardcore stereotype of that country you can think of. Like the first one you fight is Glass Joe from France, who is incredibly wimpy and cringes at everything. And when you hit him, he sees baguettes flying around his head. And it's <laughs> just him. like, you know, all of these are French stereotypes, but they piled the stereotypes up so high that Glass Joe has become his own character, even though no one thing about him is distinctive. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, I can see what you're saying. Um, yeah, and it's kind. Of, that's kind of that's a good way to describe what we're seeing in um, in these Garfield movies because they, like you said, it's every like every element is kind of like if, if you told it to me in isolation i'd be like yeah sure that that makes sense that's fine but then you you combine them and it's like okay then it just becomes this 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 leaning tower of of uh, just insanity and um yeah it just, every element of it is stock but yes. you know you just don't put stock together in a big line like this it's like if you wanted to if you wanted to build a car and you bought all of the all of the ingredients ingredients I mean components <laughs> to build a car but if but instead of arranging them into the shape of a car you just made one long machine that stretched across your house <laughs> the automobile centipede yes exactly <laughs> Yeah, that that's what this is. This is the cartoon centipede. They just <laughs> all these cartoon ideas sort of, you know, rubbing noses and butts together, not making a lot of sense in how they're assembled. <laughs> but I mean the the end result is something just incredible to to behold. Um I I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. Um I, I don't think we ever will see anything quite like this again. Um, when you when you think about, and we probably never would have if we hadn't started this podcast. So I'm glad that it led it led to us discovering this this yeah. wonderful madness. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we could share it because I feel like uh, I don't feel like there are a lot of people who could appreciate um, <laughs> the Garfield's Pet Force as much as you, Ethan. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think most people would be able to sit through the whole thing. So, um, my, I know my, it was funny. Cause like my, when I was watching it, my wife was all like, Oh, I'll watch it with you to like, make sure that you're actually seeing what, what you think you're seeing. But I think within five minutes she was like, Oh, I think it's more fun to do the dishes. <laughs> so, so even though you had her to, uh, in, inform you that you were, that you weren't, uh, that you weren't hallucinating at all. Uh, you know, maybe you hallucinated her doing the dishes. I mean, maybe it was funny. She came back at the end and was like, why is there that building there? And I was like, well, you were supposed to be telling me, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it is an experience. I, I think that, um, uh, don't, you know, a lot of, like we were saying, like people are always like, Oh man, this is sort of thing. You should like, you know, get high and watch. You don't even need to. You, I don't think you need to you, wa watch no. it sober or watch it high. The experience is the same. Um, watch it with someone you love. That's the best thing to do. That's the most important yes. thing. <laughs> but uh, have you, what have you watched that was better high than sober? Um, gosh. Um, I would say that, um, uh, Gar uh, let's see. Well, you know, I mean, I, I enjoyed Garfield's, um, 
uh, Garfield gets real <laughs> when mm. uh, both both high and sober. I'd say it was equally good either way. Um, the one, yeah, you watched it again with friends. That's right. That's right. Um, it was probably yeah. Um, I think really the uh, the only movie I can think of that I've seen watched through that was improved was uh, Ralph, Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings because that movie ah. is terrible when you're sober and um, <laughs> you know when you're high it's not much better but it's uh, but you know you, you but at of, least you're high yeah exactly but it's like going to a superhero movie just because you want to eat popcorn it's like yeah i'm gonna watch a ralph Bakshi movie just because i want to get high yeah i mean it's one of those things where it's kind of like it's from the 70s so it's kind of designed for that um you know i mean any ralph Bakshi, every ralph Bakshi movie is kind of designed to be watched while high because that way the, it numbs the pain a little and you kind of get distracted <laughs> so much you don't notice most of the bad mostly how bad it is um I mean, I think that's kind of his design philosophy, but, um, mm. eh, but anyway, um, uh, but yeah, uh, Garfield's pet force. Is there anything else that, uh, that we should say? Oh yeah. Betty ends up leaving the soup. She goes to the superhero universe, doesn't she? Yeah. We, we actually, you know, the most superhero movie part of this is that we actually get a mid credit sequence where we, we see them, uh, doing the, uh, re- renewing their vows and, well, after that part, we see Betty, you know, sneaking up on Garzuka, who is like, oh, shit, her again. <laughs> and that is when Normal immediately presents his resume to replace Betty. So I guess Normal wants to move behind the camera. I guess he just seems to be like he's he's determined to, like, climb the corporate ladder no matter. He doesn't care what position he's in as long as he's advancing. Yeah, yeah. I can't respect that. You know, you got to have, you know, it's not just about the money, you know, you got to have something that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why, that's why no one likes normal. So annoying. Well, there are a lot of reasons no one likes normal, but, uh, there's, you know, I, I feel that, you know, I feel that normal is better, even if it's confusing for some people when normal has a, has a more feminine voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not, not a huge fan of this, uh, this new normal voice either. Um, my wife was also very confused about normal cause she was all like, why, why does normal have eyelashes? And I was like, well, normal is supposed to be cute. I know that you can't tell that because he looks like everyone else, but the eyelashes are the, you know, symbolic indicators that he's a cute cat. Yeah. Um, Jim Davis he did. He didn't get the memo that everyone else did that eyelashes are a secondary sex characteristic for female cartoon characters, and he thinks eyelashes make you cute. Yeah. So that's why Normal has big eyelashes, and that's why Orson has big eyelashes. Oh yeah, so that's they kind of dropped the eyelashes for the uh, cartoon version of Orson. The um, though it's funny that it's funny because he can draw a cute cat because in U.S. Acres there's uh, there's Blue. Um, yeah. Appeared for a little, for a little while. while. Yeah, and, and that was a very cute cat. I'm sure maybe that was one of his assistants, but I mean, I he's a good enough artist. I'm sure he could draw it. You know, that could have been him himself, but but yeah. Um, but I guess, you know, Normal is more in keeping with the Garfield's house style, but whatever. Um, maybe they didn't want an actual... Actually, no, that makes sense, because if you actually drew a cat that looked like Blue next to Garfield, people would actually like that cat. And I think, you know, you're not supposed yeah. to like Normal, so, you know, <laughs> you don't want people to prefer Normal to Garfield. 
I just read on Wikipedia that there were two unused uh, U.S. Acres characters, a cow named Chuck and a horse named Jody. Oh, that's interesting. Well, you know, it's... Um... They... Mm-hmm. they only ever appeared on a sticker sheet produced near the end of the strip's run. Huh. Okay. Well, you know, I, I support this, this, this gender non-conforming uh, cow and horse. Yes. Though I guess well, I mean I don't I don't see any reason to think the horse is gender non-conforming. Oh, I guess Jody is you a unisex think... name, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, who said the the horse was male or female? That's true. That's true. Um, I guess you I'm... heard horse and thought guy, huh? I did. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's usually cartoon horses are usually guys. I feel like that's a hmm. thing. Are there any girl horses in cartoons? I don't know a single one. Uh... <laughs> Except, I guess there's My Little Ponies in there. They're girls. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought that was the joke you were making. <laughs> I I just completely forgot about them. <laughs> well, but yeah, I th- I think you know most most stories about horses for the horsey set involve a you know a horse you know whose his name is like Beauty or you know patches or midnight or something you know never anyone a horse whose name is like oh i don't know macho or (laughs) yeah i don't know what male horses what male horse cartoon characters can you think of i guess there's horse horse collar yeah well yeah i don't know i feel like most horse media is like it's made for girls and it's like you know it's a horse girl with her horse but i don't know if the horses are usually male or female or just undetermined um you know i'm not i'm not the audience for horse media because i don't like horses so you know but well you know i I didn't know you don't like horses wow i know i try not to talk about it that much so (laughs) it's an aspect (laughs) of my character that very that that people generally don't know about (laughs) you have this you know bitter hatred toward horses that you just keep bottled up until it, until it kills you someday. (laughs) Friggin' horses. I'm not scared of horses. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Garfield's pet force. Garfield's pet force. Uh, The third. And would you say best of the trilogy? I would, I would say this is the best Garfield gets real number two. And then a distant third is Garfield's fun fair. Yeah, this, you know, this was, I mean, you, you'll never recapture the, oh my God, this is insane of, uh, Garfield, uh, gets real, but this came close. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I it mean, has the best visuals of any of them. It definitely does. You know, I mean, if I, I'm glad that it, they decided to keep the lore of Garfield gets real, because if this had just been set in regular Garfield, um, world like just the regular garfield it it wouldn't have had that a little extra something that really put it over the top uh, i feel like it wouldn't have been nearly as odd um you know but it it's uh, you know it wouldn't have been able to do stuff like the happy zone or um yeah you know but <laughs> what was the happy zone that is just <laughs> every time i think about it it just breaks my brain it's like you know obviously it was they were get, going towards something but there were so many plot points that were established and then never followed up on that it was almost you know it was almost a shock to see something that we'd already seen come into play later in the story yeah 
I think it's interesting because I could almost see once you know what it's for, you can almost see Jim Davis working backwards. Like I need a way to use the most most scram gun on Vet Vix that will make her good at the end of this movie. What can I combine with her to make her good? And he settled on this weird happy zone concept. Um, <laughs> Let's just combine her with the abstract concept of goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of it reminds me of Ren splitting into his evil side and his indifferent side. <laughs> And yeah, then the evil side splits again into the mostly evil side and hideously evil side. <laughs> uh, I still want to see the, the sequel with the, uh, the the bad zone, but well, the bad zone. I, yeah. I, well, okay. Garth. Yeah, Pet Force Two, or would it be? I don't know. Some other someone else's pet force. Or we do do the uh, Marvel Universe thing where you uh, you stealth sequel in some other superheroes movie. <laughs> yeah, if we watched all of the credits, it would be like we'd see the uh, I don't know um, the Cadillac cats or something getting the uh, you know the Iron <laughs> Man summons. So um, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, Riff Raff just wearing the uh, the Cadillac like it's the Iron Man suit. Yeah, <laughs> I've come to talk to you about the comic strip procedure. Procedure? <laughs> that's not the word. Initiative. Comic strip initiative. Damn it. <laughs> It's like, we already know we're comic strip characters. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think that's that's it for Garfield's Pet Force. Have yeah, I, you're, and you're right. I'm, I'm sorry there aren't going to be any more, but I'm glad we finally did them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know what? Um, I don't think we're quite done with Garfield because, like I said, there's still the Garfield show, which, while much yes. more normal than this, is also extremely bad from what I've seen. So um, it may give us uh, just as much fodder to talk about. Yeah. And once we, and once we've son, done that, we're probably going to have to, you know, wash the bad taste out of our mouths with Garfield and friends. We've been putting that off for a long time. So, um, and I'm, yeah. I'm actually very well, eager to see some Garfield and friends again. Yes. Well, we, we kind of uh, got into a onto a groove of movies in 2021. So in 2022, I think we should uh, start focus putting more focus on series because we've been avoiding those too. Yeah, last one we did was what the Dilbert. So um, you know, there's quite a bit of stuff we haven't checked out, like you know, Baby Blues and um, mm -hmm. Peanut uh, the Peanut Show <laughs> and probably some other yeah uh, some the, other the things. new Peanut Show. You know, I'm, I'm, there's I'm multiple sure. Garfield shows. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but so stay tuned cause we're going to do more stuff in the future. Yep. Yep. We're not going to, yep. We are not going to force it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 